NFL one. Hi, and welcome back to Game Time Podcast, the MOB edition, with your hosts, Alex Rubinson and Shai Dweck. There's been a lot of headlines and rumors over the last few months, so let's get right into it because it's Game, game time. time. Shai? First, let's recap some trades. Pitcher Chris Archer from the Atlanta Braves to my Pittsburgh Pirates. What do you think, Alex? Chris Archer was one of the premier names on the trading block. Each time, whether it's the trade deadline or over the winter when a lot of trades happen, he's, his name always consistently comes up. But the Rays have never pulled the trigger, and they finally do here. The Pirates did have to give up, you know, quite a few, you know, talented pieces and young MLB-ready players. Tyra Glass, now starting pitcher. And Austin Meadows, outfielder. Those guys have already had MLB experience, so they're going over to the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, at the time of the trade, the Pirates were right in it. You know, they had a lot of teams in that wildcard race, but they were one of those teams. The Pirates have had quite a downfall to the point where they're out of it. They're not going to really do any damage. They're more down the road going to play, like, spoiler than actually try to compete for that wild card spot. But Archer, he's young. He's controllable for, I know, like, a couple, few more years. And he, they don't have to pay a ton for him, which, for a starting pitcher, is super valuable. So he can help the Pirates, obviously, throughout the end of this year, but also for the next couple years to come. Next, uh, Wilson Ramos to Philadelphia. Ramos, again, when the trade was made, he was injured. So he started when he was on the Phillies, he was on the disabled list. But since then, he has come back, he's produced, he's been, you know, very stable. You know, they were working with uh, Andrew Knapp and Jorge Alfaro. Now, Ramos has provided much better offense. Alfaro, obviously a great defensive catcher, but now you have a steady middle-of-the-order bat. You know, Ramos playing with the Nats knows what it's like to be in a pennant race down the stretch. The Phillies, at the time, I'm pretty sure they were in first place. Now they're two and a half games out of first place to the Braves, who made a little trade of their own with Kevin Gosman, who has been great for them. Next up, Jonathan Scope. To the Brewers. The Brewers needed a steady middle infield, and with Jonathan Scope, they get it. Obviously, the Orioles being the worst team in baseball, they you know they were going to do a fire sale. They tried to trade Adam Jones. They didn't, but they traded Manny Machado to the Dodgers, and here they trade Jonathan Scope to the Brewers. Brewers, it's looking like they'll be in a playoff team, although in a very competitive NL wildcard race, they could still fall out, but Scope... He's an upgrade at the position and will definitely help them down the stretch. Next, Brian Dozier to the Dodgers. So the Dodgers upgraded both middle infield spots. Earlier, trading for star shortstop Manny Machado from the Orioles, and here trading for Brian Dozier from the Minnesota Twins. Twins have been a huge disappointment. I really believed... After making the playoffs last year, the Twins could go right back and make the playoffs again, or at least be a very serious contender. They've been awful. You know, they haven't shown any, you know, sight of hope all year. So obviously they're one of the bigger disappointments of the year. Brian Dozier is a free agent at the end of the year, as is Machado. So the Dodgers will be losing 
both these guys at the end of the season unless they choose to try to bring them back and re-sign them. Next is Hamels to the Clubs. Cubs. Cole Hamels, ever since he was traded from the uh, Texas Rangers to the Chicago Cubs, has arguably been the best pitcher in all of baseball. At early in his career, he actually threw a no-hitter against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. And with the Phillies, he was dominant. And pitchers usually tend to do better in the NL because obviously you have the pitcher hitting. Instead, in the AL, where you have the designated hitter and the pitcher doesn't hit. But Cole Hamlin has just been dominant. No matter who he faces, he just, you know, you know Joe Madden, their manager, can consistently give him the ball. You know he's going to go around, what, six, seven innings and allow just about two, maybe even fewer runs and give the Cubs a chance to win. With you, Darvish's injury, Cole Hamlin has been the ace of the staff. I know they have John Lester, but ever since the Cole Hamlin trade has occurred, Hamels has been better than last year, and probably you you might be able to put him up ever since I trade against any pitcher in the major leagues. So now we're going to go to more of the waiver deadline, where a, a team can put a player through waivers, and then another team can claim that player, and those teams can work out a trade. The Giants who acquired Andrew McCutcheon at the beginning of the year, put him through waivers, and the New York Yankees decided to claim him. They worked out a deal, and the Yankees now have Andrew McCutcheon. Now, they have Aaron Judge, their big power bat, who has been out um, the last month or so with a broken wrist. And it seems like he's getting better. seems like he might be able to come back before the playoffs, which is big, because remember, they're playing. It looks like they'll be playing just that one game playoff, so they'll need all the help they can get. The Yankees, and you know they need they, you know he's taking batting practice judges now, so you know he's getting better. But in the meantime, depth is so big. So when the Yankees can acquire a guy like McCutcheon, a veteran who has an MVP in his past. He's playing in division races with the Pirates. Yay, Pirates! He's big for the Yankees to provide depth, and right now he isn't. He's been he, you know consistent in the order while the Yankees deal with Judge's injury, and then even when Judge comes back, if you could have a guy like McCutcheon, whether he's in your lineup or on your bench, just that presence or that guy off the bench, it's so big for any team entering the playoffs. Now we go to the biggest disappointment in all of baseball. The Nats. Yes, they, you know, thought no doubt about it win the division. They are under five hundred. They have sucked. No other way to put it. Big disappointment. Big oof. Definitely. Now, July 31st, which again going to the non-waiver trade deadline, they decided to keep most of their big names who will be free agents. Bryce Harper... Daniel Murphy, Ryan Madsen, etc. That was the wrong decision. They continued to suck. They continued to lose close games against good opponents. And the Phillies and Braves, who made some nice trades of their own, as I stated earlier, continued to improve. They have young talent who should who will be controllable for the next few years. 
So, the Nats, they had to bring Daniel Murphy to the Cubs, Gio Gonzalez to the Brewers, Matt Adams to the Cardinals, Ryan Madsen to the Dodgers. Not to mention, they traded Brandon Kinsler on the non-waiver trade deadline on July 31st. But you don't get the same amount back through waivers than you would when it's non-waivers. So they got a couple of you know guys in the minors who maybe they can develop, but no like big top 10 prospect in the organization. They didn't get a lot back. You know, they didn't get great value for who the player is. Now, all these guys that I mentioned are free agents at the end of the year. Could the Nets re-sign them? Yes, even though they traded them. Yes, they could still re-sign them. But, you know, they want to get at least something back in case the play that player decides to sign elsewhere. Now, a guy they did not trade, non-waiver or waiver, was Bryce Harper. They decided to keep him. They wanted to probably, my guess is, strengthen a relationship so Harper does come back and resign with the Nationals. But at this point in time, I find it hard to see that happening. I think, you know, the Phillies are in there, the Cubs with Harper's good friend from when they were little, Chris Bryant is in there, the Dodgers and the big market, you know. So it'll be hard for the Nats, especially that how they're a little tight money-wise, to compete with these, you know, with these other teams. At this point, as I, I don't think Harper will return, but I think the Nats, although Harper is a great player, I don't think it's awful because they already have three young, controllable players in Victor Robles, who has potential to be one of the best players in baseball, Juan Soto, who at 19 is having a phenomenal year, and then Adam Eaton, who, if he stays healthy, he's a very good player. They all are young. They all are pretty young. They all are controllable. So I'm not entirely worried. Like I'm more worried about position like second base with Daniel Murphy gone than I am in the outfield. Kind of going to that second base. Carter Keyboom is a minor leaguer for the Nats who is playing very well in the minors. He's a shortstop. So you know a suggestion I might think is move him over to second in the minors, bring him up as a second baseman, and then you could have Trey Turner and Carter Keyboom as a middle infield. Or, it's a big free agent class. Headlined, obviously, by Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. But there's a ton of great, great, great players at really every position. And Mike Rizzo, the Nationals GM, has usually been pretty aggressive whether it comes to free agent signings or trade, either at the trade deadline or in the offseason. So, I think, yeah, he'll be... You know, aggressive. Go out, upgrade the bullpen after you trade a couple guys away and free agents happen. You know, depth, second baseman. Matt Weiders, their catcher's a free agent. And even so, Weiders has been awful the last two years. So they, the biggest upgrade is catcher. And there's talks, huge in the national trade, Victor Robles for JT Romuto. I love Romuto. He's incredible. He's young. He's one of the best catchers in baseball. I'm happy he didn't do it. Because Robles might be their future. He might one day be the face of the franchise. He really is a guy, is is a young guy. He can be a cornerstone. He really completes a very good young outfield. So look, I love Romuto, but at the end of the day, I'm so happy we didn't trade for Romuto. Not because of Romuto, but because of what... Robles. Exactly.
Now we're going to get to some division races. Now, you know, division races. So, like, the A's have been a big, big surprise. You know, no one expect no one expected the A's to be in that wild card situation. Or, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, they were tied with the defending champion Astros for the division. And they had a legitimate chance to take over that division and maybe win the division. Now, they've kind of dropped to a few games back. But the A's are a pleasant surprise. Right now, it's looking like they will win that second wild card and play in that one-game playoff at Yankee Stadium, which will be tough. Poor Yankees, though. They're the second-best team in baseball, I'm pretty sure, by record. And they're going to have to play in a one-game playoff just because the only team that's better than them, the Red Sox, are in their division. Now, going to what I think is a much more interesting National League. (coughs) Bless you. Thank you. The NL East. Obviously, the Nats are out of it. But when... (coughs) Excuse me. When the Phillies and Braves were making trades in the deadline, I'm pretty sure the Phillies were atop their division. Not by, you know, like five games. Just by a few games, a couple games. Right now, though, the Braves hold a two-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies. And the Phillies, I'm pretty sure, are three-and-a-half games back of the wild card. So the Phillies have a better chance at the wild card. Oh, sorry, a better chance at the division than they do at the wild card because the wild card is so competitive. I'll get to that in a bit. But the Phillies, I don't want to say they've fallen. It's more of maybe the Braves have played a lot better with, obviously, Kevin Gosman coming over. Acuna, out of nowhere, has really turned it up in uh, the last week or two, which he's maybe been the hottest hitter in baseball, and he's 20, so it's crazy. (coughs) Thank you. Excuse me. So, that's a division to watch for, but the most interesting division is by far the NLS. Not in the NL, in all of baseball. You have the Rockies, the Dodgers, and the Diamondbacks, all within a game and a half. Rockies lead the division, then you have the Dodgers at half a game, and then you have the Diamondbacks at a game and a half. And the wild card being so competitive that only one of the, only the division winner might not get in. You go to the Central... Which is maybe, I don't want to say the least interesting, but the Cubs have a four-game lead, which is like the biggest out of all the division winners. But the Brewers and Cardinals, who are second and third, have the two wild card spots. They hold those two wild card spots, but you have the Dodgers a game back. The Diamondbacks, two games back. And then the Phillies at three and a half. And then you kind of get to the Pirates and Nats, who are, you know, well out of it. But down the stretch... The NL is way more interesting than the A to watch just because of all the teams you have. The Dodgers, I'm a bit surprised, not because, you know, they picked it up as of late, but ever since the Machado trade, you know, we thought they're the team to be in the NL. They have the best chance in the NL to go to the World Series. You know, a few weeks ago, they were losing games. They were falling. Now, a lot of it was their star closer, Kenley Jansen, had a heart condition. So the relievers that stepped in for him, they were bad, and they were blowing games late. Eighth inning, ninth inning, Dodgers had a even a multi-run lead. 
and the bullpen would blow it, and these teams would come back. Now, they've really picked it up. They've had some of their own late-inning comebacks, so they're starting to, you know, really, you know, try to sneak into the playoffs and maybe make a big run. The Cardinals, Matt Carpenter was hitting 140 in May. He's now an MVP candidate. The Cardinals, ever since they fired their manager, Mike Matheny, they've turned it all around with manager Mike Schilt, who the Cardinals recently... (coughs) Bless you. Who the Cardinals recently... Initially, they named him the interim manager. They officially named him the manager taking out the interim part. So he should be the manager of the Cardinals for next season as well as the end of this season. So the Cardinals have done a complete turnaround. And right now they hold a slim one-game lead on the Dodgers for the (coughs) second wild-card spot. So let's go to some injuries now. Shy? First, uh, Buster Posey with a knee injury. Now, how do you think that's going to affect them for the rest of the year? I mean, the Giants are out of it. Uh, Whenever a player of Posey's caliber gets injured, it's going to be news. It's going to create a headline. It's going to be noteworthy. But in terms of affecting the team, I don't think it will just because the the Giants... Uh, they're well out of it. They're obviously they're they're in the division with the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks. So it's not like they have a chance at the division or a wild card. So, as a fact that you know, it's always going to be noteworthy when a guy of Posey's caliber goes down. <coughs> <coughs> but at the end of the day, it doesn't have that many implications in terms of the Giants or the team and their playoff aspirations. You Darvish, what can you tell us about that, Shy? So he's done for the season uh, with an elbow and tricep injuries and a stress reaction in that uh, pitching arm, his right arm. In that elbow, to just right. be specific. He's a guy who has had Tommy John surgery, which is when you tear that major UCL ligament in that elbow. I don't think he'll need Tommy John, so no reason you know, to worry about that. But this is a guy, even before the injury, he was awful with the Cubs. He had signed, I want to say, a seven-year, $126 million deal. I could be wrong on that, but I think it's about that. Uh, Shai's nodding his head, yeah. So, again, I'm pretty sure it's that, but I'm not 100% sure. But that's a big investment in a starting pitcher, who now it makes the Cole Hamels trade so much, you know, bigger for the Cubs, because now you're going to be without, even if he had struggled, he's still going to be in the playoffs, he's still going to make a major impact, whether it's a you know, good impact or a bad impact, he's still going to be there, so now with him out, he obviously won't be there for their their playoff run. It is $26 million, by the way, on Darvish. $126 million. $126, yeah. So, it makes the Cole Hamels trade even bigger for that team, and really... From struggles to injury, a real disappointing season for Darvish. And as a Cub, whether I'm, whether it's the Cubs organization or a fan, yeah, that contract is not looking good, at least in the first year. You still have, I think, around six years left. But that's, uh, you know, so far that's a bit of a head-scratcher um, for me. Ever since he came back from that Tommy John surgery with the Rangers, he was never the same dominant 
guy. Remember, he struggled in the World Series last year with the Dodgers. Albert Pujols. What can you tell about a Pujols, Shy? Um, I don't currently have the details. On uh, it was a knee surgery, right? Um, yeah, I I'm pretty sure it was. So, an, I will get yeah. back to you with exact details. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a knee knee surgery, and for a guy of his age, I want to say around thirty six, thirty seven. Um, you know, I don't. <coughs> I don't think it was a major like ligament damage or structural damage. It could have been. I'm not quite sure, but. You know, when he's this old, these things can linger more. So they probably just, with their season being a huge disappointment, with they, they signed Otani, and they brought back Upton, just an Upton, and they, have, they obviously already have Mike Trout. You know, they didn't want to risk anything to Albert Pujols, uh, so they're going to ha- kind of have him have the surgery, sit up the rest of the year. Just overall, a disappointing year for the Angels. I really thought... You know, I thought the they're in the Astros A's division, Athletics division. So I thought the Astros were gonna win that division, but then I thought the Angels had a good chance to be second and really compete for a wild card. Again, I didn't see the Athletics coming and winning that wild card at all. So they totally came out of nowhere. Um, but no, the Angels had a really, really disappointing season. Couple more injuries. A couple more injuries to get to. Michael Kopech, the young, up-and-coming star pitcher for the White Sox. He only started about three or four starts this year, which you know, which was his MLB debut. So that's just really his whole career. He is going to have Tommy John. Just a day or two ago when he made a start, it was revealed he had, again, that UCL, that big, big ligament in that elbow, the major ligament. He tore it. And because he tore it so late in the season, not only will he be out the, the end of this season, but he's expected to miss all of next season, all of the 2019 season as well. Now, the White Sox, in my opinion, aren't in a, in a good position to really compete for next year, you know, and they don't have a lot of star players. So when you have a young pitcher, you wanted to develop him, get him in some crucial games. But, it looked, you know, obviously, this is a major injury. You don't want to rush him, you know, especially to a young, you know, guy who had shown really good signs in his first few starts of his big league career. And when the White Sox, you know, tried to develop their young talent, Kopech might be at the front, along with guys like Yohan Mankata, both in a Chris Sale trade many, a few, or not many, but about two or three years ago. Finally, our last topic before we close out <coughs> this edition, Shohei Otani, another, going back to the huge disappointment angels, um, Otani has been recommended that he should have Tommy John surgery again, ligament in the elbow. And that same night where people thought he should have Tommy John surgery, he hit two home runs. Because remember, he is a pitcher and a hitter. He is the pitcher, and then when he doesn't pitch, he is the designated hitter for the Angels. So he hit two home runs, and later was, you know, Tommy John was recommended, which is 
pretty impressive. I mean, shows how strong and how athletic this guy is. He's just a very good player. He, a big reason, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but a reason why he might have had a, uh, or Tommy John might be recommended, is because he throws a splitter. And a splitter puts a lot of pressure on your elbow and a lot of pressure on that ligament, which could cause some tear. And now, the last time we kind of mentioned the Otani thing, we said it was a grade 2 sprain. Not only was it a grade 2 sprain, but it also revealed a small tear in that UCL. So, he just he opted not to get the surgery. He opted initially just to get some shots and everything. Now, they're saying he might need the surgery. If I'm Shohei Otani, I just have the surgery. Because I feel like the longer you wait, A, the worse you'll get, and the more time you'll miss deeper and deeper into your career. <clears throat> I would have the surgery. I would get it all the way, put in the review mirror, and just move on. Because this, again, if he has it now, he'll miss the 2019 season. But if he keeps waiting, and he'll keep lingering, he's going to miss more and more time. So if I'm Shohei Otani, I would just say, let's have the surgery now. Let's get it done so that in 2020, I'm ready to go. Because if you wait, maybe the next year, then you might be missing 2019 and 2020. And everything, it just keeps getting backed up. So I would just have the surgery and get it all out of the way. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for Game Time Podcast, the MLB edition. Signing off for your host, Alex Rubinson. And Shy Dweck. Thank you for listening. See you next time.